by gold and other commodities. And because of that, you're going to see the USA really pull its strings to try and remain in control of the world today. It's simply not going to happen. When you see gold producers around the world, the USA stands at number five to seven, with China standing at number one and number two. This is because these countries know exactly what time it is. And if you're not holding on to some sort of commodity, whether that's even something like your food that you can produce or that you can purchase at a store, then you are not going to be able to hold on to any sort of wealth. The U.S. government and the politicians inside the government know that this is the end of their reign of power and control. What they're doing right now is absolutely maddening. They're basically giving up your future, selling it away so that they can hold on to a little bit of power and a little bit of control in the next couple of years. The United States of America is today placing strict warnings to their counterpart government agencies, saying that any interruption in the American-led economy and geopolitical realm, they're saying this will result in a conflict that China could never dream of seeing. These are very quick uh, warnings to the Chinese government. The U.S. Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, warned that any attempt by China to forcefully change what they call the status quo in Taiwan will quite literally be felt on every country on this planet. This is a very unveiled threat that this will mean world war. And if China really believes that Taiwan is its own and is worth world war, then go ahead and take it. USA and all members of the military have shown that our pact with Taiwan will stand strong. I heard this in conversations with many of our NATO allies, says Blinken, as well as partners in Asia. There is a concern that there will be a crisis as a result of China's actions over Taiwan. These will have uh, performed repercussions for quite literally every country on Earth, Blinken is quoted as saying. 50% of the global commercial traffic goes through the Taiwan Strait every day. Go ahead and let that sink in. 50%, half of all commerce goes through the Taiwan Strait every day. China, just out of the uh, open and out of nowhere, said that they were going to begin inspecting all the ships that go through the Taiwan Strait. Now, you can expect to see the USA really take uh, you know, a, a stance here soon, especially when some US-led ships go through the strait. 70% of all semiconductors that you and I use every day, things like dishwashers, your cars, your smartphones, you know where they're made? Well, they're made in Taiwan. They say that if there was some kind of crisis as a result of something that China does, this crisis will have terribly disruptive effects on the global economy. The U.S. says this is why countries around the world look to everyone, including the USA, and they're all warning China right now that it must act and behave responsibly. What we're seeing happen in the world is changing what is happening in U.S. politics. Multiple U.S. Congress people, and in fact the entire state of Texas has work now to introduce the gold standard bill to stabilize the U.S. dollar's value. They know that that is not going to go through, but what they're trying to do is retain their power politically by saying, hey, at least we tried. If the Chinese government and the uh, BRICS 
put together a commodity that is backed by gold. And don't get me wrong, China is right now the leading buyer and producer of gold. Russia, one of the leading buyers, holders, and producers of gold. When they make a currency, a dollar of their own, so to say, that they back by the commodity of gold, other precious metals, and the pharmaceutical key and raw ingredients that the United States of American people need to survive, every single country in the world is going to move to that currency. The global economic landscape right now is experiencing a significant shift. This is happening as multiple nations across the world and blocks challenge what was the long-held dominance of the U.S. dollar. This trend has implications for markets all over the world, including the gold market. Experts say that it's time right now to pay close attention to the sentiment that surrounds the U.S. dollar and the sentiment, the feelings that other countries are giving to the U.S. world economy. Russia and China have been at the forefront now of efforts to reduce their reliance on the USD. We've seen that any attempt by America to sanction Russia has basically been dust blown in the wind. It means absolutely nothing to the country, and this coming from one of the only non-military actions that the U.S. government can take to stop other countries from taking over the world. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, expressed his own support for the Chinese yuan as a trade settlement between Russia, Asia, Africa, and Latin America becomes realized. Data that has been compiled by multiple reporting news agency, agencies shows that the yuan is already the most traded currency in multiple countries, including Russia. This is a development that occurred in the month of February, just uh, two months ago, as the yuan surpassed the dollar in its monthly trading volume for the first time in history. What we have happening right now is truly historic events that's not even being touched on mainstream media. And this is because if the U.S. people begin to smell the blood in the water and see that the United States government, the U.S. economy is as weak as it really is, then the U.S. people are going to demand change. That change would disrupt the politicians' status quo. And what would happen is they would demand that the U.S. government begin to act in a way that is at the best interests of the American people, and those interests are directly opposite of the interests of the politicians. They want control. They want power. They want money. But their actions to save you and me and our future would mean they're giving up control, giving up power, and they would have to forego some of their long-held money. They will not do this, and so they are demanding, as a matter of national security, that news agencies, reporting outlets, and anybody who is discussing the sentiment toward the United States of America does not put reality in what is actually happening. In addition to these events, Russia's State Duma Deputy Chairman Alexander Babakov confirmed that the BRICS, that's Brazil, Russia, China, India, and South Africa, are working together in a collaborative effort to create that common currency that's going to be backed by not just gold, but a basket of commodities, rare earth elements. This is going to challenge immediately any held dominance by the U.S. dollar. 
A former Goldman Sachs chief economist, Jim O'Neill, recently argued in a paper that was published in the Global Policy Journal that the U.S. dollar plays a far too dominant role in global finance. Whenever, he says, the Federal Reserve Board has embarked on different periods of monetary tightening, or the opposite, monetary loosening, the consequences on the value of the dollar and the knock-on effects have been quite dramatic. Basically, they're saying in money speak, in uh, economic speak, that what's going to happen next is going to send reverberations through the entire world's economy, especially the U.S. economy. And when that actually hits, when that hammer starts to fall, it's going to hurt every American household. We have the former president of the USA, Donald, Donald Trump, who has recently commented on this trend. He has said that the U.S. dollar is, quote, crashing and will no longer be the world standard, which will be our, speaking of America's, greatest defeat in 200 years. Now, he is absolutely right in that. This is a fear that is being felt all throughout the government chain, all throughout the military, and there is only one answer left. You go to war. Because when you don't have anything left of your own, you go take it from somebody else. Governments are just really individuals in a post-apocalyptic landscape. And when they run out of food and they run out of water or they really need that medicine, if they can't find it or grow it or source it locally, then they get their guns and get their guys and they go take it themselves from another country. Then we don't get to see these things, but behind the scenes, the governments write these deals and contracts, a lot of times in perpetuity, sometimes just for a couple of hundred years. And these contracts basically give them the ownership of different minerals and rare earth elements and different key ingredients, oil, anything in that region. The people, the labor, the chief slave labor that they're looking for, that's how governments remain in power. Now, in addition to China's efforts with Russia, we have other developments currently challenging the U.S. dollar. For example, we have seen recently that Saudi Arabia approved joining the uh, China-led Shanghai Cooperation Organization, that's also known as the SCO. They're doing this as a partner, a full partner. This organization is a security and trade alliance. It was created in another key year, 2001, to counter Western influence. China and Malaysia have announced that they are open to discuss, uh, discussing the creation of a new Asian monetary fund. That name will sound familiar because you have right now the Western-led International Monetary Fund, this is going to be an Asian fund reducing all Asian and Eastern reliance on the Western world. India, together with Malaysia, have also abandoned trading, uh, trading with U.S. dollars. They're settling with Indian rupees instead. India offered its currency as an alternative to U.S. dollars for all countries who might be struggling with shortages of USD. These are really key developments, and I can't believe personally that we're not seeing this all across the news every day. We have implications in the gold market. We have implications in your everyday trade. The U.S. dollar's reserve currency status is under attack right now. 
Everett Millman, he's a precious metals expert at Gainesville Coins. He said, when you look at shorts versus longs in gold futures, sentiment, that's feelings, is fairly neutral. However, there's a swing now in the perception of what is happening with the U.S. dollar and the U.S. economy. Sentiment, he warns, shifts quickly. Gold is going to be the first asset that people react to or basically start turning their money to. Your gold has been sold. The reason that you can't audit the, uh, the Federal Reserve, the reason you can't audit the government, the reason you can't audit the, uh, the institutions that hold the gold is because they have sold it away. And as a matter of national security, they say, well, no, you can't come in here and look at it. What they're doing is criminal. Now, despite these concerns, it's important to note that the collapse of the dollar is not going to be an immediate thing. It's going to last for years, maybe even decades of de-dollarization, and these trends will have significant imp uh, impacts on what money you make, how you make it, how far your dollar stretches, and before long, you might see United States dollars littering the streets like trash and paper. In recent years, central banks are buying massive, absolutely massive amounts of gold. The World Gold Council, or the WGC, uh, has noted that a record 74 tons of gold were purchased in January of 2023, 52 in February, marking the 11th consecutive month of increases. The WGC's senior analyst has noted this is the strongest start to gold buying since the year 2010. That's when central banks became net buyers on yearly basis events. The biggest purchaser of gold is, as you can imagine, China. This world war started. It started with Russia and Ukraine, and it's being impacted or it's being pushed forward right now with what's happening in China. As soon as we saw that emergency alert from uh, military analysts and the Chinese government saying they were going to be encircling all of Taiwan. We knew that this was a major escalation, and I hope that you and your family and the people that you care about are paying attention too. It might not happen today or tomorrow. China will take Taiwan back by force. The U.S. government will send the daughters and sons of U.S. people to war to die for Taiwan. This will cause a sentiment shift and the United States people will say, follow uh, China to the ground. This is going to be extremely scary and dangerous for a lot of people. So I hope that you reach out your hands and really touch people uh, in their hearts when you can. Give them confidence. Let them know that they can do things right now to start getting ready. From my family to you and yours, please stay safe, remain vigilant, and keep watch. This week's Full Spectrum News is brought to us by you, by all of our members on Patreon. Check out patreon.com forward slash full spectrum survival. My wife and I, we go out and we are photographers by trade. and We take pictures, high resolution images of the things that we write survival cards and survival tips on. This could be how to diagnose a hernia. Uh, you know, of course, I'm not giving medical advice here. These are emergency papers. No, this could be, uh, you know, what kind of barter and trade event you might expect to experience. This is a recipe in every month using staple ingredients only. We do this for our community. Check us out there if you'd like to get those cards. Also check out contingencymedical.com and use the code FSS10 if you want 
emergency antibiotics that you can hold in your house until you need them. It's going to cover things like UTIs, bladder infections. It's going to cover uh, pneumonia, you know, bronchial pneumonia. It's going to cover a lot of different things, amoxicillin, all sorts of medicine. And if you're looking for long-term food Who's storage, it? Nutrient Survival has a bundle deal that's going on right now. You can use the code FSS15 to get 15% off, and they also have what they're calling like a prep basket, where you can fill Thanks. your go bag, so to say, in their cart with different things, and they add the discounts onto each one. Check them out. See if they're right for you. They have meals that are ready to eat, all sorts of different things for you. But most of all, everyone, who is watching what is happening in our world, Please check back oh, here tomorrow at the Spectrum Survival on YouTube. We're going to bring you headlines from America and from around the world. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watch. They did not let her come to the doctor room. Okay? And said that Joe Biden didn't even have them in the bracket. Didn't even expect them to win against Michigan. Didn't expect them to make it a start. No wrong points. He had someone else get to win. Sorry. Oh, Michigan. And that's the kind of stuff I'll be talking about. That's the kind of stuff I'll be talking about right there. Let me ask y'all something. If stand your ground was a person sitting in this hotel, okay, I absolutely love it, honey. I absolutely love it. Okay, yes, I absolutely. Right, I don't blame her for not um, forgiving us. Let me say something. You all know what's funny to me is I have loyal royals, and by loyal royals, those would be those of you who follow my commentary. You know, uh, who love the queen, and I love you all right, black. Thank you, Patty. Uh, but there's some people honey, that don't even like me, but they be all up in my chat. And I find it all so hilarious. And you know how I know they don't like me because they be saying those sweet stuff. They think I don't be knowing because they think I don't read the chat. Honey, let me tell you something. When I finish doing my lives, I always go back and read the chat. Just so you know. And if I miss anything, my moderators always tell me who's talking slick. Some of these folks be talking slick about the queen. And going against me or whatever, you can disagree, but you don't have to talk slick when you do it. But some of y'all do, and then you still be all up in my chat. Now I just wonder why. I just wonder why. And y'all are not loyal royals, but I don't know which one called you there. But I just want you to know that I know this. Because y'all probably think I don't pay attention. I'm always attention. And I don't block it because I want you to continue to make yourself look like food. Yeah, okay, that's what I want you to do. Continue to make yourself she look claims like food. Take her like you have been doing. Not to do so. Hey, 
anyway, let me quit being petty. Listen to this. Hall of Famer Cheryl Miller uh, says that Caitlin Clark missed a moment against Angel Reese. Now, for those of you who don't know her, not in the sports, Caitlin Clark is a Caucasian female who um, Angel was given the hand gesture to. But mind you, Caitlin instigated the whole thing because she did it first. They didn't have a problem with that, which I found very interesting. And here's the thing for those of you who don't know. When they played, I believe it was South Carolina, when um, Caitlin Clark's team, when Iowa played South Carolina, they were being disrespectful to them, okay? Or supposedly being disrespectful to them, trash talking and all of that. And so LSU had already said to themselves, you know, they'd already said amongst themselves, they're not going to do us like that. We're not going to let them try us like that. And so that was part of it. Another thing is this. For anyone that plays sports, you all should know that there's a lot of trash talking going on. Okay, me, I'm very competitive, honey. Anytime I play sports in school, I was always trash talking. Right now, if I sit down and play a head of spades, it's going to be trash talking. Yeah, okay, that's trash. what black folks do. But see, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's why it's a problem. Because they know that black people love to talk trash. That's one of the things we do best for enough. Okay? Now, there's other people, races and ethnic groups of people that talk trash as well. And nobody does it like black folks. Y'all already know. We're the trash talking kings and queens. Right? And we have reason to talk trash. All right? Because we usually dominate the sports. That's just a fact. All right? That is just a fact. And then, you know, what gets me when the interviewer said, they try to say that we make everything about race. What do you think about that? Well, I'm telling you what I think about it. I think they make everything about race. In fact, they invent the construct of race. They invented the construct of race. They are the ones that perpetuate racism. They're the ones that came up with racism and spew it. And then they say, we make everything about race. That's all bullshit. That's a deflection of gaslighting. I want y'all to pay attention. That's projection. We don't make anything about race. The thing is, they get upset when we call out their racism and the fact that they make everything about race. Because if it wasn't about race, why did they think it was okay and the need to be congratulatory when Caitlin Clark was talking trash and holding up the you can't see me hand gestures. Why did they think that was okay? But then when Angel Reese does it, it's a problem. It's not sportsmanlike. It's poor sportsmanship. It's antagonistic. It's ghetto. Well, why is that? Because they made it about race. That's what it was. When Jill Biden said, let's invite Iowa too, she made it about race. Because you know darn well, Jill Biden, you would not have invited a losing black team. And that's never been the tradition, so why would you all of a sudden want to change it? Hey, they're the ones that make things about race. And it gets on my nerves. And especially when some of them try to say, we're racist. We're racist because we're talking trash about your racism. Like, what's that mean? They always try to play that one. They always try to play that one. What are you doing? Oh, so crazy. Peyton narratives is what some of them do best. And by them, I mean racist. Okay, not talking about all white folk, but I'm talking about racist white folk. That's what they do best. So now let's talk about former representatives Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. And also um, their ally, Representative Gloria Johnson. Now it's not Gloria Johnson's fault. It is not her fault that she didn't get expelled. She said herself that it was racist, that it was racially motivated. And said that she's a 60-year-old white woman and they didn't put her out. But they kick them out. They try to say it was one vote, one more vote in her favor or something like that. They're just full of crap. 
Okay, so let me pull up these receipts. Like stuff, everyone, please like and share. I'm going to pull up um, an interview where Jones and Johnson, uh, where they were interviewed. A lot of people would say, well, if you really want to do something about a problem, run for office. Hold on. I want to show the other one first. There we go. I'm joined now by two of the, th of the Tennessee three, current state representative Gloria Johnson, and now perhaps just temporarily former state representative Justin Jones. And, and Gloria Johnson, I'm going to start with you. I know um, you're, you're a bit mobile right now, and I get that. So <laughs> um, let me ask this question this way. Thinking back, was this an inevitable clash that was coming inside this House of Representatives? Yes, I believe that it was. The fact that we, our voices are very often silenced on the floor. Our, mic, our mics are cut. We are not called on. Uh, we had no opportunity and were even gaveled down when we tried to acknowledge the protesters who were there, the moms and the toddlers and the teenagers who were there begging us to do something, begging us to do something um, and, and to take real action. And I, I talked to them and I listened to them that morning crying about the fear they had while dropping their kids off at school. So we had, we felt compelled in our hearts, all of us to speak. Is there something about the rules in the Tennessee House that make it almost easier to get stepped on the way uh, you and the Tennessee Three have been stepped on here? Well, it's it's the supermajority, the fact that they really don't even have to allow us to talk, and they are able to pass any rules. And so this year they passed a rule that uh, we only have five minutes that we can debate. And then of that five minutes, if I ask a question that takes 30 seconds, they might read the bill or um, take up the rest of the four and a half minutes just by reading the bill or talking nonsense. And and so we are being silenced so often on incredibly important legislation and incredibly important discussions like gun sense. It's just horrifying that we are there, we represent 70,000 people each in our districts and we are there to lift their voices and we're not given the opportunity. Justin Jones, members of the Tennessee Black Caucus say you've been that they have that since you took office that they have been fielding complaints about you being mistreated uh you tell me how have you how have you felt serving from day one and, and have you been essentially made to feel unwelcome yes um i think it's the, the tennessee legislature's very toxic work environment for anyone who does not fit the the image that they want to portray um you know, being a young um, black lawmaker, being 27 years old, um, and someone who is outspoken for my district, that's the reason why I was elected um, from day one. Hold on, let me pull up the other one. I don't know why it's cut off. Okay, there we go. A lot of people would say, well, if you really want to do something about a problem, run for office. Well, that's what you've done. You ran for office. You won office. And what you're saying to me is you're not allowed to express your opinion or your district's opinion in office in the body you were elected to, to be in. Exactly. I mean that is that is how extreme anti-democracy forces have become, particularly here in a state like Tennessee, where they they feel like because of gerrymandered uh, maps and, and voter suppression that they're in power, but they don't represent the interests of the majority of Tennesseans. 
And so what do they do is they try and limit discussion. They try and limit what we can advocate for because they're afraid that it will hold up a mirror to their false power. And so, um, I mean, I, I ran for office as someone who spent 10 years doing community organizing. I, I was one of the youngest lawmakers, the youngest black lawmaker, trying to represent my generation. And they and they told me that, you know, basically that I'm uppity, that, you know, that you need to humble yourself. I, I said, I'm not coming here as an intern. I'm coming here as a legislator, a, a colleague, an equal. Boy, that's a lot of... A lot of African-Americans of another generation were described that way in the 1960s, Justin, is that just speaking out, oh, you're uppity or you're this or you're that. Let me ask you this. You were, uh, and as you said, you were an activist. You were well known to folks in that Nashville, in, in Nashville during the 20s. Do you think your activism is why you were specifically targeted for expulsion? The fact that they, you were a known activist before you even got into office? Definitely. I mean, that is what got me into office was that the community knew I was a fighter, that I would speak up. But that is what's threatening to a majority. They, they are used to people who will bow down to them. There was only three of us who went in that well that day. Myself, Representative Johnson, Representative Pearson. We're the only ones who went to that well because we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Others could join, but we, we stood up because this has gone on for far too long. Right. And we could not be silent anymore. And so the, the, the body is, is afraid of voices of dissent. They're afraid of voices of opposition. They're used to just having their way. They call themselves the majority and us the minority. But not, we're not that. We are the check on power. We are the dissenting voice. Like, the voice of moral dissent, and we are upholding our oath to the state constitution to challenge any decision or law that is injurious to the people. That's what we were doing that day. Well, and remember, the founders were always about trying to protect minority rights in a deliberative body, and this is a case where the Tennessee House is not doing that. Thank you. I'm joined now by two of the, th of the Tennessee. And so, anyway, oh, such a shame. But see, this is what happened. They want to silence black voices, people want to stand up and speak out. That's what they want to do. And they really don't like the fact that Representative Gloria Johnson bashed them on it. But like I said, they're not going to kick her out because she's a Caucasian woman. That's what they're not going to do. And him being an activist, well, of course, that had something to do with it. I want you to pay attention. You see, the fact that Justin Jones is an activist, that's why they tried to use it against him when he was protesting, when he was at a peaceful protest, simply chanting, no action, no peace. They use that against him because they already didn't like the fact that he's an activist. Because what they don't like is our people protesting against their behalf. And they like they view that as being militant. Now, Justin Pearson, well, you all saw that afro that he has. Well, they clearly don't like that. And I can I can assure you that that may seem petty, but hey, racists are men. They don't like that that man has an afro. So they already were looking at him. Okay. They were already looking at him with, looking at him with the whole side eye. But they do that as being militant as well. And then the fact that both of them are intellectual, educated, charismatic, and such gifted orators, that added fuel to the fire. These people were clearly hating on them. Talking about they violated the, the rules of decorum. Please sit down somewhere, but see what they didn't do. Like I told you, when there was another man uh, who was amongst them, he was a brat and had these uh, SEXual allegations against him, they didn't expel him. So that says it all right there. That says it all. Uh, so anyway, before I go out of here, I forgot to finish uh, telling you telling you all about the Hall of Famer, Cheryl Miller, what all she see. So in an interview with USA Today Sports, Miller said that Iowa's Caitlin Clark should have acknowledged LSU's Angel Reese in the final moments of the game 
uh, when Reese tapped her ring finger and made John Cena, you can you can uh, see me gesture. Now Clark did not address the matter until the day after uh, after LSU's 102-85 victory when she told ESPN, "I don't think Angel should be criticized at all." Uh, she says, Miller says, you talk about missing a moment." Her, her opponent got the best of her that night. And all she had to do is acknowledge, all right, all right, you're working on my nerves. You need to put it down now, but I see you, I see you. That would have been the end of it. After the game, Clark, I, Clark um, Iowa's All-American guard, uh, said she hadn't seen Reese's antics. Oh, she saw it. Yeah, of course she saw it. It was right in her face. And in fact, Angel was falling behind her doing it. I love it. I was there for it. But anyway, <laughs> she says, you can't be a great passer and have the and have that peripheral vision and not see Angel. Okay? But Miller, uh, who's 59, also said that Clark said of Clark that that young lady is going to get another opportunity to see that, to own it, recognize it. That's just her being young. And so anyway, they say Miller, a three-time Naismith Player of the Year, who in 1983 and 84 won NCAA championships in Southern Cal, uh, blew kisses at the at the fans of opposing teams and pointed out scoreboards, pointed at scoreboards during victory, uh, saying her brother Reggie was notorious as a trash talker too. What I understood is if I'm blowing kisses and steam steamrolling and I'm throwing up 20 and 30 points and the team's successful. There's going to come a time when the game, when my game's not on and I'm not playing well, and they don't they don't win the big game. Now it's going to be reversed. I know I've got it coming. How am I going to accept that? Here's the thing. It's all about trash talk. I mean, listen, when I was in high school, there was always trash talk, okay? There was always trash talk. I played on the volleyball team, trash talk, okay? Trash talk. I played on the girls' football team, okay, playing football. It was always trash talk. That's one of the things that I feel like it has. <laughs> I'm just saying, build a trash talk. And so anyway, and let me say this. I remember at a pep rally, I mean, not a pep rally, at a game against our main contenders, which was Pleasure Ridge Park High School, PRP, shout out to them. I remember that we all made a plan that when they announced their basketball team, that we're all going to stand up in the bleachers, turn our backs, and open up a newspaper and act like we're reading, and just completely disrespect and ignore them. And that's what we did. So this is just a common thing. I don't see what all the big deal is about it, but the reason that they've made it a big deal, the mainstream media propagandist machine, is because they always want to make things about race. That's what they want to do. And they always get so upset, but hurt, and out of shape when a black person or a black athlete specifically is triumphing over their all American. Okay, that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, so, Juju said, Any lifelines, Queen? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, beloved. Yes. Yes, I have several. Let's get into it. Let's pull up the lifeline. Hold on. Hold on. Let me go to my Twitter because I have uh have one posted on Twitter. I'm glad you brought it up. First of all, don't forget to stop up on food, non-personal food items and water and get those generators. Okay? Get those generators. All right. But uh also another thing, there was some 
there was a recall on some laundry detergent. Hold on, let me see if I can find that real quick. There was some laundry detergent recall. I meant to tell you all that the other day. Hold on, give me just a second. See if I can pull this up. Here it is right here. They have some type of bacteria. Pay attention. More than 14,000 bottles of laundry detergent recalls over bacteria risk. Hold on. I'm sorry. Ignore that. Honey, this is, this is something else. I'm sorry. This is something else. I don't know who sent me this, but y'all don't get enough of sending me this Google shot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, honey, sixty-nine baking soda and vinegar does do the job, but you know, some people like the smell of it, specifically game, right? Game, that's it. No, you know, I think they specifically put stuff in there to get people to smell. That's what they call I could be wrong. Okay, I could be wrong. So anyway. Uh, Kathy says, Ooh, you have a big mouth without a solution. You sound like Corinthians 13, a sounding symbol of uh, with clarity. Please shush. Honey, who are you talking to? <laughs> are you talking to me? Are you talking to somebody else? Hold on. What in the chat? You were talking to the queen. Or were you talking to somebody else in the chat? Hold on. I'm about to drop this link if you was talking to me, honey, because we can talk about it. Okay. There goes the link. In case you were talking to me. Oh, no, she not. Somebody said. I just dropped who that was, link. Who's talking like that? We removed her. Hold queen. on. I can't see the chat. They my said they, she said they removed her already. They already removed her. They already removed her. Put some essential oils in it. Says, hey, God. That's a good idea, too. But I wouldn't even waste my time putting essential oils in the laundry. Because I use that for other things like making soaps and body oils. Shit, it's good. Not to mention, you take a whole lot of essential oils. Right. That's just my opinion. She don't. She left. They already took her off the chat. Damn. Um, please, please. I'm not talking to you, beloved. I want this person who left that comment to get on here. Okay? I don't have all day. So I want that person who got that comment to get on here. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and speak. Hold on. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? All right. So just really quick, um, I just gave him uh, his kind of perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Sounding like Emma Davis. Right. Uh, that would be Justin Pearson. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that is just special to me, right? What I'm saying is that thing called control opposition. They took these people, example, Barack Obama. Right. Represent. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying right, wrong. I'm saying it's suspicious. I'm saying we should question things. We shouldn't just accept everything. These people know how to trigger our our emotion. That's all I'm saying. That's my that's my argument. 
Right. Well, you know what? That's a good point, beloved, because they absolutely do do that. They absolutely do do that. Um, but I just kind of go by their history. Now, I do know Jones, like I said, was an activist beforehand. I did a little research on him. Pearson, um, I mean, he seems like a good person. I don't know, but I guess this is the thing. It kind of puts us in a catch-22 because we don't want to not give them the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, we don't want to be played again like they did with President Obama. You know what I'm saying? So I would just say that we have to be careful, but I'm going to take like this. When I see people getting expelled and then they're not doing that to the to the white counterpart who is supposedly guilty of the same actions, then I'm still going to speak on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to speak on it. And here's the thing. You know, I feel like
under. Your audio is very choppy. They can't understand. You're saying, but you said something about freedom, peace, and justice, and then I can't hear what you said after that. Your morse are our principles. Love, and love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Right. Taharka can't make peace with Sister Michi. That's a bad example. Oh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I know him and I know Michi. But he didn't try okay, to. Okay, I, I know him and I know Michi. No, well, he doesn't make that. Okay, my, my, oh, my, know. uh, Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm not gonna get into all of that, but you know, at the end of the day, I talk with both of them, and I just know things that people are privy to on YouTube. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But uh, they're both doing the work, and you know, the thing is, like I'm telling you, they're both doing the work, and sometimes we have issues with somebody or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's just part of life. We have problems with people in our family sometimes, even right. We have problems with people in our family sometimes. See? I think he dropped off. I was going to try to put him back on, but sometimes we have problems with people in our own family. But at the end of the day, that's just all a part of life. Okay? That's just all a part of life. And so, but anyway, yes, the heart is getting the receipts. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to exposing these scriptures and pulling out the receipts on them. But uh, unfortunately, him and me had a little issue, but you know, that's nothing that can't be resolved. That's nothing that can't be resolved. They're both good people. And uh, it's it not going to be resolved. Right, I already said she ain't dealing with that. Yet. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, with that obvious, and also, why are we still going to meet you? Listen, do not forget her. that Michi S is holding the black agenda here in Atlanta. Okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you what that means. Yeah. 